Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The only weekly broadcast dedicated to pipes and tobaccos that is actually weekly. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode six already of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I am your host, Brian Levine, for our sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining 45-minute weekly broadcast brought to you in part by my friends at SmokingPipes.com. Today's episode, got Eric Stokeby standing by here in the studio watching me talk to the microphone. I'm going to talk to him about some of the old days, talk about uh, him growing up in the tobacco business and what he's doing now. Mailbag rant, got some music from a uh, now no longer with us but uh, former pipe smoker. And a rant at the end of the show. Rant's going to be a little bit different. I'm getting ready to go to Vegas in a week and a week and a day for the uh, West Coast Pipe Show, so I want to touch on that. We'll hit that in the mailbag, and we'll hit that in the rant. And coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk about how to display your pipes, how to keep your pipe collection at home. Don't forget, follow me on Facebook, Brian Levine. Please make sure if you get a chance to leave a comment on uh, feedback on the show on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. A lot of fun coming up. Glad you're with us. This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, this is Pipe Babe Cynthia, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Welcome back. In just a few minutes, Eric Stokeby will come on over to the microphone. I'll mic him up. We'll uh, catch up on what he's doing. In the meantime, in pipe parts, what I wanted to talk about was the proper way or, well, forget proper. How about we'll talk about the way I display my pipe collection, how I keep my pipes in the racks, and then I might tell you, you know, give you some advice on the proper way to do it. So as I've said before, I have two pipe racks. I have a 12-pipe round. And then I have a 36-pipe rack that's uh, three-tiered, three rows of 12 each. All of my pipes are in the racks, stem up through the whole bowl down. That's the way I like to keep them, so that way if there is any moisture in them, the moisture comes down and doesn't build up in the stem. I do make sure before I put the pipes back in the rack that they are as dry as possible. I run a pipe cleaner and through them and keep them as clean as possible when they get in there. Vulcanized stems or the hard rubber stems, honestly, anytime they're in the sunlight, you're going to run into oxidation. The longer they're in the sunlight, the more it's going to happen. So the best way to keep rubber stem pipes is after you're done smoking them, wipe them down, clean them dry, put them back in the box, get them out of any kind of a light form, keep them away from a heat source. Otherwise, you're going to deal with oxidation. For my rubber-stemmed pipes, for my older English pieces, anything that's got vulcanized rubber on the stem or vulcanite stems, I keep them on the bottom shelf of the three-tier pipe rack. 
The bottom shelf of that rack gets the least amount of light, and I don't want to put them back in the boxes. I'll tell you why I don't want to put them back in the boxes or put them into a cabinet. I like looking at my pipes. I like seeing them all on display sitting in my pipe racks. It also helps me when I'm selecting the pipes for the day. So I keep them all on the bottom shelf, shaded under the two under the two top tiers of the other pipes that are in there. Now, when it comes to how what pipes go where in the display, it's out of necessity that a certain pipe goes somewhere. Anyway, the way I have it is on my bottom shelf is all my English pipes and a couple of the Disney pipes that I keep in the rack. They're down there. They're all rubber stems. I want to keep them out of the sunlight as much as possible. On the middle shelf, my Italian pipes. And then at the end of that row, there's a couple of pipes that don't really fit into any category. So they're on with those. On the top shelf of the three-tier rack, it's not a full shelf. That's where I keep my larger pipes. And the larger pipes take up a little more space. So... It'll be a pipe, empty space, pipe, empty space, pipe, empty space, and maybe I can get two pipes next to each other. But anyway, there's space up there, but that's where I put my larger pipes, put the more bent pipes because they fit better into the rack. On my 12-pipe round is some of my favorite artisans or special pipes. That also tends to be the smaller ones, the ones I tend to go to more often. So what got me thinking about all this was... uh, comments on the forums, and then reading Neil Rohn's blog about how he displays his pipes. And I go through the same thing. So out of necessity, the English pipes are on the bottom. Then I lump all the Italians together and a couple others. And then the other ones are a mixture of artisan and high grades and some of this and some of that. But They're mixed by size on the top shelf, size on the small 12-pipe round, by country on the other two shelves of the racks. Sometimes it's just out of pure fancy that I sit down and I'll rearrange my pipes and try a whole whole different organization of them. Sometimes it's just because I want to take a look at all the pipes. Sometimes it's... Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. But whatever it is, it's one of the enjoyments of the hobby, is being able to rearrange and play with your marbles. Put them in order, put them in a different order. Kind of gives you a new pipe collection when you look at them, too. I will say that I've always been looking for a pipe rack out there somewhere. Somebody's got to make one somehow that is adjustable for the size of the pipe so that you can get all your pipes on the same rack no matter what size or if they're bent or straight and i would love it if a pipe uh, if a pipe rack were displaying the pipes instead of looking straight down the tobacco chamber and having the stem come straight up i'd rather see the profile of the pipe now i don't want one of those pipe rack towers where you stick the pipe into a rubber gasket you you put the stem in the rubber gasket and then the weight of the bowl holds the pipe in there because i don't want that rubber on rubber contact with my pipes but i would like to be able to see the 
the profile of the pipe because I think the profile of the pipe is prettier than looking at a whole row of tobacco chambers sitting there. Either way, pipes are meant to be smoked. Pipes are meant to be used. Yes, try to keep the oxidation down. You want to try to you want to try to clean a tough pipe. Try cleaning a, a rubber stem that's gotten oxidized in the draft hole. It's a nightmare to get out. But it is part of the enjoyment of our hobby. Love to hear how everybody displays their pipes. How do you organize them? I think organizing them for me is part of the fun too. Do you put this brand with that brand? Do you put this country with that country? Do you organize them by shape or size? Do you organize them by style? Do you keep all your sandblasts or rusticated off to one side and keep your smooths another place? We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin direct via satellite from our on-the-spot task force. This just handed to me from the World Pipe Smoking Championships Regional Events. The team from Bermuda has been disqualified. An unauthorized accelerant was found in the hems of one of the competitor's shorts. And now, back to the rest of our show. Again, let me say that the best and the safest way for the pipes is to be cleaned after being done smoked for the day, let to dry, put back into the bag, put back into the pipe bag in a box in a drawer somewhere out of the elements, out of the sunlight. That's the absolute best way. That's not the most fun way for us as pipe collectors. We love coming home and seeing our pipes in the rack, seeing our friends sitting there waiting for us. Whatever it is, I'd love to hear how you organize your pipes. Pop those comments up on the forums. Got any ideas on how I can display my pipes better? Let me know. Coming up in just a few minutes, Eric Stokeby got a good mailbag. It's going to be a little longer than usual this uh, this episode. Rant at the end. Stand by. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. This is Internet Radio. Joining me here in the smoke-filled studio, former boss, colleague, and the better part of it is friend, Eric Stokeby. Eric, welcome. You're the first one to be interviewed right here live in the studio. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks for inviting me. 
It's a pleasure being here with you. And and as all as you all know, Eric's the reason I'm here in Charlotte. Eric, tell us where did you grow up? Well, I just want to say I saved you out of Los Angeles, Brian. You know that. Um, anyway, um, I grew up in Denmark for the most part. I was actually born in uh, Geneva, Switzerland, where my father, Peter Sophie, he worked with Dr. Schneider of Davidoff. Um, uh, Dr. Schneider was the sales export manager, and my dad was the production manager in a cigarette company down there. So. So that was a long time ago. Anyway, they moved to Denmark, and then uh, we got involved in my grandfather's business. Uh, that would have been in the uh, mid-60s or so, and um, I used to, as a kid, come in there. It was a four-story building, and he had uh, four different productions and each level. The first level story, or the first story was basically pipe tobacco. And on the second level, he had a little, a little twist uh, production. And then on the third level, he had a little cigar production. And the fourth floor was basically the packaging department. So um, anyway, so I used to uh, carry boxes up and down the, uh, the different floors there when I was about eight, nine years old. And, uh, and that's how, as a fourth generation, I got in involved in, in tobacco business and um, I was uh, um, a son out of a uh, family of five um, and uh, my sisters didn't seem to have a lot of interest in getting involved so uh, I got involved and uh, really haven't done much else during my life but being involved with the tobacco business. What town was that in? This was in the town of Odense, Denmark that my grandfather, and that's actually where our family started the tobacco business in um, 1882 by my great-grandfather. And, and what was your great-grandfather's name? Well, his his name was Eric Peter Stokerby, and so my grandfather was Eric Paul Stokerby, and my father was Eric Peter Stokerby, and I was, was named Eric Michael Stokerby, so that was a big big change up from the, you know, traditional Eric Peter, Eric Paul uh, lineup. And what's your son's name? And my son, we decided to change that as well, and his name is Eric Max Stokeby, being called Max. So, uh, but it's a lot of Eric's that goes back uh, many years. And Max is also a proud Appalachian State Mountaineer. He is. He uh, is finishing up his senior degree up there and uh, his senior year and uh, likes it up there. And uh, Although he says it's too damn cold in the wintertime. <laughs> Odense is also the town where Hans Christian Andersen's from. That's the town where Hans Christian Andersen was born. And, you know, back, uh, let's say, 100 years ago, there was... Uh, there was a lot of different small manufacturers, tobacco manufacturers, uh, in, in many, let's say, ma major towns in Denmark, like they were in Germany and, and, and Holland. But in Denmark, there was probably, there was tradition for having like a retail store and then a small, you know, production facility in the back. And then that's how uh, the tobacco business grew. Um, and then my great-grandfather, he bought actually some of these other smallers and turned it into a bigger bigger business and um, at that time there were there was probably hundreds of different retailers manufacturers at that level and then you know gradually it came down to less and less and less and today 
in Denmark, there's really only two manufacturers left in the tobacco business, and one is Scandinavian Tobacco Company, and the other one is called, is, as you, I'm sure, are very well aware of, is called Mangaren Tobacco Company. So, two are left from, you know, hundreds of businesses that were eventually bought up or all closed. So how does a how does a father take his son and get him started in the tobacco business? <laughs> I think you have to, I think you have to like it. But um, when we lived in Denmark, I always wanted to go to the United States because I thought it was the land of opportunity, and um, you know, I I I really had a lot of motivation and a, a lot of positive thinking about going to the U.S. So. When I was 17, my father sent me over here to work for a year uh, for one of the leaf tobacco companies that supplied us with leaf. Uh, it was that it was called Austin Tobacco Company, which was headquartered in Greenville, Tennessee, and uh, a relatively large leaf tobacco company. Um, and I spent a year in the fields of North Carolina and. Um, Tennessee uh, in the Kentucky uh, season and, and in the state of Kentucky as well. And uh, being 17, and this is back in the 70s, it was really an experience for me getting to meet a lot of the uh, hillbillies that worked in some of these factories. You know, I came with my school English and I had a very difficult time understanding what these some of these people were telling me. But, you know, gradually I learned and I, I came back with kind of a southern accent, uh, at least that's what my wife told me, so... Uh, but it was a great experience and, uh, you know, learning a lot about the leaves and how it was graded. This was back when, uh, you know, tobacco was sold at auctions and you had to grade each, um, each leaf, each barrel, uh, or each sack, I should say. And um, I went to grading school in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and I went to grading school for the, for the flute field. I went to grading school in, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky for the... Uh, early tobaccos and um, it was it was good fun and uh, uh, a great experience uh, that that I will always remember so I guess that was kind of my start in the tobacco business and then um, uh, I came back and went took some co college years and then I started working basically uh, initially I spent nine months in Hamburg with our German importer and uh, learning about the, the German market, and then uh, later on, I came into my father's business, and then eventually I moved to the United States, and where he had moved, and uh, uh, came here in '78. Worked with a company we he had started with some partners in uh, California, and uh, um, wanted to try something else. So I, for a while there, I went into advertising business in uh, New York City, and spent eight years in that business. That's a perfect time for us to take a break, and when we come back, I'll ask Eric about his experience in underwear. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com, for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. There's nothing quite like a good book. 
or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. back and the studio is filling up with smoke quickly. Eric, can you tell us about your time in men's underwear? Uh, yeah, I spent about eight years in New York City on Madison Avenue. Um, one of our clients was Jockey Underwear with um, Jim Palmer as a spokesperson, a great guy. But I also spent time with uh, one of another client we had was Vanity Fair and they had women's underwear. So I used to do store checks for women's underwear, and a lot of a lot of the clerks there in the stores in Bloomingdale, they were looking very funny at me when I started to look at pricing and, and feel the underwear. That was a very strange experience. The other thing was that I was never allowed to go on shoots. Uh, I have a I had a uh, female boss, and she wouldn't let me go on shoots with the uh, female underwear, which really bugged the hell out of me. But uh, I guess that was just not protocol. Or, or you just didn't have the figure for uh, it. Uh, maybe I just didn't have the figure for it, but um, a great time, a lot of fun. I actually spent time in the uh, tobacco business there as well. Um, one of the clients we had was also R.J. Reynolds, so I spent a lot of time working with the uh, cigarette guys in, in Winston-Salem. So, good time. It was fun. Fun being in the ad business in the 80s. So, let's, let's fast forward to now. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Okay, I'm I'm working with the uh, with Phillips and King, uh, Cretec International in, in California, and um, I am uh, supposed to come up uh, with uh, some new projects for them in the pipe tobacco business and in the pipe business. And um, in a month or two, we are launching a new pipe tobacco under which is called Fourth Generation, which is basically based on my heritage. And it's uh, four tins uh, uh, in uh, two aromatic tins or two aromatic blends and uh, one flake and one all Virginia uh, natural tobacco. And uh, the, we showed it at the IPCBR this year and the uh, response was great. Um, I think that the people that have tried it really loves it. So I'm very anxious to, to put it out in the field and, and uh, get the response from, uh, from pipe smokers. So I'm looking forward to that. Can you, in about a minute and a half, explain the difference between a top note and a casing on an aromatic? Sure. Uh, a casing is really the fundamental um, taste of a blend, if you will. A casing sauce usually consists of uh, licorice, water, uh, honeys, etc. It's sprayed onto the tobacco, uh, onto the leaf tobacco blend. Uh, uh, as one of the initial processes, and it, it really established the, the, the taste along with the tobacco of the blend uh, before it's cut and, and, and packaged and so forth. So that's, that's your casing sauce. The top note is usually what we call or refer to as a top flavor, which is a flavor. It can be a cherry, a vanilla, etc. that's sprayed onto the finished blend after, um, after it's been cut and, and blended maybe with some black cavendish and then the top note is sprayed onto it and that's when you smell when you open up a tin that's what your top note is and that's usually the aroma that fills the room as well when you, when you smoke the pipe. 
And I want everyone to notice that it's put on it's put on almost last. Yes, it is. And it after it's it's put on um, the blend usually rests for a couple of days. So and but you know that's basically your aromatic blends. Uh, not all blends have uh, top notes or top flavors like your typical English blends, your all Virginia blends, and so forth. So, but the most popular blends are the aromatics and uh, with the various top flavors. Phillips and King is the uh, is the sole US importer for McBaron and Samuel Goweth. Right, that's correct. Any idea when we're going to start seeing more Samuel Goweth product on the market? Well, as a matter of fact, I was just in Dortmund and I met for the first time I met uh, Bob Gregory who is the manager of the factory in uh, Kendall. And uh, he did say that uh, their production is going a lot smoother and uh, better. So I'm strongly hoping and I think that we'll start seeing uh, more product from them uh, next year. That's, uh, that's everybody's goal and um, I think, uh, I really do think that's going to happen. So they're great, fantastic tobaccos and uh, it's been very, very successful. We in the United States we're seeing a resurgence of interest in pipes, whether it be from the younger crowd or people that are switching over to pipes. Mm -hmm. Is that also happening in Europe? Um, you know, a little bit less. I think that uh, what we're seeing in in the United States um, it doesn't seem to have quite caught on yet in uh, in Europe. My bet is that it will uh, because. Many times when you see a trend going on, like pipe smoking in the U.S., it will eventually flow over to Europe. And I think in a couple of years, they'll see the same kind of resurgence in pipe smoking and, and pipe tobacco as uh, we're starting to see now here in the U.S., which is really, really great. And for, uh, for geographical purposes, the, the country of Denmark is essentially the same size as the state of New Jersey, both population and physical size. Mm -hmm. But yet there are more pipe smokers in Denmark than there are in the entire United States. Uh, I'm not quite sure about that, Brian, but per capita, there's 5 million people in Denmark, so it's a small country, and per capita is, has the highest incident of pipe smoking than anywhere else in the world. So a lot of tradition, and it goes back to the 50s and 60s where you had many, many pipe smokers, and I, I believe that the reason was that pipe smoking in Denmark was also was always very, was relatively inexpensive. So a lot of men they picked up uh, pipe smoking instead of smoking cigarettes or cigars, and um, it still is the highest incident per capita. But unfortunately, the the uh, amount of pipe smokers today is not as high as it used to be. But you know, hopefully we'll see it come back like we're seeing in the United States, so. When you're not working or playing with pipe tobacco, what else, what else are you doing? Uh, well, you know, I have my, one of my, besides tobacco, my other passion is playing tennis, and uh, uh, I love to play tennis, and um, I've done it uh, since I was 18, so uh, it's, it's a fun, good way to get some physical um, activity going in your body, and uh, I love it. And I won't mention the age of your uh, Right, my uh, opponents are usually opponents. could be older, but hey, hey, I've played some younger guys too. Not always one against them, but uh, I've played younger guys, so yeah. <laughs> What's in the future? 
Well, I tell you, Brian, you know, who knows what's in the future, but I'm, 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 I'm really excited about being back in pipes and, and, and pipe tobacco and, and blending and so forth. I mean, that's really where my heart is. That's where my passion is. And uh, I'm excited about this new challenge, this new job, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I, this is really what I know. This is what I've done most of my life. Are we going to see you at any pipe shows? Yes, you will. I mean, I plan to be in Chicago, and I was going to go to uh, Virginia, or to Richmond this year, but unfortunately I have conflict. But um, I, I will definitely uh, be to as many pipe shows as, I, as I, my time allows, so it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. So watch for the new stuff coming out. Watch for Eric at a pipe show. Feel free to uh, pester him as much as you want to at a pipe show. He'll He'll enjoy it, and if I'm off in the distance I'll watch and enjoy it myself right right and there's one thing I want to say that you know I had Brian in a trip to uh, Copenhagen many years ago and uh, you know one thing that Brian is not very good at we had this Danish drink called Aquavit and uh, Brian had a few of those and he had some gamel dance as well which is kind of an offbeat of the Aquavit and I did see Brian had a couple of those too many and uh, you know I don't I don't know if you ever has drank it since then but uh, you were in pretty good mood at that time we had some fun evenings the glasses were really small and they kept filling them up and that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> on that note we'll be back in just a minute and I might uh, have a cup of coffee to sober up <laughs> we want the most in flavor for every penny we spend an extra flavor is just what you do get in our Maxwell House coffee. That wonderful good-to-the-last-drop flavor no other coffee has to offer. No coffee but Maxwell House. And there's a good reason why. It's our recipe. The only recipe on this green earth for that good-to-the-last-drop flavor. It calls for certain fine varieties of coffee to be blended together just so. It's the one way, the one recipe for that famous Maxwell House flavor. That wonderfully good flavor that's made our coffee America's favorite brand. That's why you find so much more enjoyment when your cup is filled with Maxwell House coffee. So next time you bring home a pound of coffee, make it that familiar blue tin of our Maxwell House. For more flavor, for your money's worth and more, start enjoying coffee that's always good to the last drop. Eric, I want to thank you for stopping by, and I certainly hope you didn't get us in trouble with the profanity police. Uh, would somebody please translate, somebody that speaks Danish, please translate what he said and post that on the forums. Now that Eric's microphone's unplugged and he can't respond, I do want to say, yeah, I enjoy Aquavit. However, the one I like is the Norwegian one. It's called Linja. Tastes a lot better. Anyway, coming up in just a few minutes, mailbag and then the rant at the end of it. The music that I selected for today's show is from a uh, blues player who's no longer with us. A friend of mine goes by Dr. Bubble, is a big fan of uh, Clarence Gatemouth Brown, and picked out one of his favorites.
and gone I had time to myself I haven't even tried to find nobody else When you told me you were leaving It almost came as we lose It may sound funny but it's true I think I'm better off admit that I miss you sometimes Not a day go by that you don't cross my mind But at the same time I think of all the hell you put me through And it's the less of two I'm better off heard a story that Gatemouth wouldn't perform anywhere where he couldn't smoke his pipe on stage. He's pictured on several of his album covers with a pipe. You gotta love the blues.
First thing into the mailbag, I want to say to Papa Toad. Yeah, I enjoy the diverse and entertaining aspects of the show. Remember, the show reflects everything that you see on the forums, everything that you might hear at your pipe club meeting, everything that you might hear or see at a pipe show. And no, I don't have ADD, but I do have ESPHD, ADDD, and a couple other things that I'm sure are yet to be diagnosed. Uh, hope you enjoyed that interview with Eric Stokeby. Sure would love to talk to Peter again, but we can't. Coming up in Vegas. Had a discussion on one of the on the forums about places to eat in Vegas, and it made me think. Yes, I like In-N-Out Burger. I grew up on the West Coast. I love In-N-Out Burger. So when I get out there, I will be going to In-N-Out Burger twice. A couple other favorite places to eat. If you get down to Mandalay Bay, it's a little expensive, but there's a place called the Burger Bar. They've got a wonderful assortment of really good burgers and a great selection of beer. At the Palace Station itself, the Oyster Bar. Try some of the noodles there. Incredible food. Also at the Palace Station, there's a deli counter or lunch counter right at the coffee shop. Great pie. Wonderful pie, priced really well. One of my favorite things to do while I'm in Vegas, and I'll give you a hint on, give you some of my favorite spots to do it, is to sit back with a pipe and a drink and relax in a nice comfortable chair and watch the people go by. If you get a chance and the weather's nice, which the weather outlook on the 10-day forecast does look good, couple of my favorite spots are right at the base of the Eiffel Tower at the Paris Hotel Casino. There's a little uh, bar there where you can get all kinds of drinks and snacks. Comfortable chairs to sit out there. You can look out at the crowd walking up and down the strip. And you can sit right across the street from them is the fountains at Bellagio. So you get that entertainment plus the crowd. The Flamingo and Harrah's both have nice sidewalk uh, coffee shops bar areas to sit and you can smoke the whole time while you're there want to go a little bit higher in style you'll pay a little bit more for the drinks but i always enjoy sitting at the palazzo's casino floor bar great view of the casino really comfortable you can smoke and anything you want right there and order drinks and get table service same thing at the win the wind's got a bar right off the casino backs up onto the waterfall there Another great place to sit, relax with a couple of friends or by yourself, have a drink, smoke your pipe in peace and harmony, and just enjoy the sights and sounds. Vegas is still relatively smoking friendly. You can smoke any at any bars that are 21 and over only or on the casino floor. Those of you on more of a budget, want free drinks and a place to sit, here's what you do. Take a $5 bill, put it in a quarter slot machine. Keep a couple of quarters or a dollar bill handy. Wait for the cocktail waitress to come by. As long as you got credits in the machine, they'll bring you free drinks. You can sit there and drink. You can sit at the slot machine and smoke. You may have to plop a quarter here you know, every once in a while, but as long as you're tipping the, tipping the uh, waitresses, they won't mind. You can sit there with a couple of friends in front of a couple of slot machines for hours, have a couple of drinks, smoke your pipes, relax, and enjoy them right there on the show on the casino floor, and you won't have to worry about spending too much money. That about covers the mailbag. Just remember, what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. I'm going to have a good time. Next week's show, haven't quite nailed down who the... Uh, guest will be yet got some scheduling issues 
because it's kind of tight with the Las Vegas show. Coming up in just a minute, a rant that's uh, part rant, part uh, informational. So hang on. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Cowboy. Cowboy. This rant is brought to you by the letters TSA. Yes, the Transportation Safety Administration. So recently I went to Columbus, Ohio for their for the NASPC show. I carried a Monarch lighter, an old 1980s era pipe lighter that comes has a tamper built into it. I had won it in a in a door prize recently, so I took it there with the intent to sell it. Figured I'd get 10 bucks for it maybe, make somebody happy. Anyway, flew to Char- flew from Charlotte to Columbus with it. Didn't sell it at the show, brought it back to the airport in Columbus going through the TSA security screening, they pulled me off to the side, they saw the lighter in my carry case, and they didn't like it. They couldn't tell, they pulled me off to the side, they couldn't tell if it was a flame, uh, a soft flame lighter or a torch lighter. Well, I explained to them that it's a soft flame lighter because it's made for pipes and it has a flint. If it has a flint, it can't be a torch lighter. Also, it's empty. It's brand new, still in the plastic wrap, still in the box. So, I can't light it. They said, because I can't light it and can't prove to them that it's a soft flame, I can't take it on board. I said, if I can't light it, what does it matter if it's a soft flame, a jet flame, or a piece of, a piece of granite? It's useless. It's, the only thing that it's good for is a paperweight. It's 20 years old. I don't have any fuel with me. You saw through all my luggage. Anyway, we go back and forth for a while. I waste the time of a, of a supervisor who comes over and explains to me that you can't take torch flames on there. I understand all that. Anyway, somebody in Columbus now has a wonderful Monarch lighter that I couldn't sell at the Columbus Pipe Show for 10 bucks, but they were kind enough to offer me to go back out of security and pay $12 for a self-addressed priority mailbox to mail it back to myself if I wanted to keep it. Anyway, hope whoever in Columbus at the TSA got that lighter, hope you're enjoying it. All I was doing at that point was wasting your time. If you can't light a lighter, what does it matter what the hell good it is? It doesn't work. So here's my advice for those of you traveling. I do a lot of traveling. I go through TSA more than I want to. Here's what I do. I bring the cheapest lighters that I can. I use the Jeep plastic disposable lighters. You can buy them for anywhere between $1.25 and $1.75. 
I carry those when I travel. They have a nice big spot to put your thumb on. When you've got them lit, they work great for a pipe. Also, when I travel, I don't take a tamper with me that might have a poker on it that I really care about. Pokers have been have caused me to get pulled off to the side and had me reevaluated. So I make sure and I carry just the basic horseshoe nail tamper for a dollar or the nail tamper for a dollar or any kind of a tamper that I'm not worried about losing if I get Inspector Gadget at the TSA that wants to go through all my stuff. Captain, I suggest the Vulcan mind probe. If you're traveling with pipes and tobaccos, make sure and carry them on the plane. Tobacco in checked luggage. The checked luggage can area is pressurized to about 8,000 feet. If you don't have it wrapped up real tight and it's an old tin that you really care about, it could burst in air, and then you've got to smoke it. Also, when you're going through TSA, they may want to see what's inside the tins, so don't travel with any unopened tins of pipe tobacco. Do not, whatever you do, don't check your pipes in your in your checked luggage. Carry them on. Keep them in a container small enough to put under the seat in front of you. I've had several times where I've seen backpacks or pipe bags or whatever I've had. I've put them in the overhead, and then you get some moron coming on behind you throwing their big computer bag right on top of your bag, and I'm wondering if they didn't crush one of my pipes. That's my advice for TSA. Remember, when you get on board the plane, you're in a system. You're not a passenger anymore. Next week's show, Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, every week, a brand new show on PipesMagazine.com. Catch us on iTunes. Want to say a big thank you again to SmokingPipes.com. We'll uh, hopefully see you all in Las Vegas. Until next time. clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather hey kevin Who's the brains in this outfit? Uh, My point exactly. <laughs>